Hey y'all, this is Dana from DAS Financial Aid Consulting Services, and I'd like to welcome y'all into this show. Um, there's a lot going on in financial aid, and I'm here to share as much of it as I can with you today. Um, namely, the biggest uh, item to tick off today's uh, list uh, would be what everybody's probably wondering about is the U.S. Supreme Court hearing on student loan debt forgiveness that occurred on Tuesday. So we will be going over that in today's show, um, and I'll be giving you uh, some other information that I have uh, come across since the last time we talked, which I know was back in October, um, but we'll get into that a little bit more. Once I introduce myself to all of you, uh, my name is Dana Anderson Sharples. I am a financial aid advisor and compliance officer for a third party servicer. And I also work in conjunction with the United States Department of Education um, and training uh, other financial aid uh, professionals that are just new to um, the financial aid world. That's a lot of financial aid. I understand that. And I also want to clarify, I am talking about college financial aid funds, the federal funds that are issued from the United States Department of Education for folks to go to college. And those are two institutions that have been accepted and approved to receive Title IV funds. Um, under the Higher Education Act of 1965. So there's a lot of uh, folks on my LinkedIn uh, page that are trying to contact me and uh, they are actual financial advisors um, that deal more so with retirement planning and, and so forth. So I just want to clarify that um, if you are trying to connect with me on any of my social media um, pages, the one thing you want to just make sure that you understand is is that my world that I'm talking about has to deal with college financial aid funds for folks that want to go to college and if you're applying to a school that can receive title IV funds I'm here to share with you how this system works um, to try to promote financial aid literacy so that we kind of quell what's going on right now with all of the student loan debt that's that that is just out of control and so i do this on a daily basis reviewing files um and i also award i just process the um awards so that they're ready for disbursement and uh there is a lot that i am catching um with regards to compliance errors um but mainly the the crux of my whole entire business model is to teach students and their parents financial aid literacy when it comes to paying for college. So having said that, I've been in this business for over 16 years and prior to that I uh, was a paralegal for a very prestigious law firm here in the New Hampshire area. Um, and I also uh, have uh, an extensive banking background when it comes to 
uh, working my way from being on the teller line to a supervisor of customer service to a call center to working with folks that um, could not manage to pay their debt to becoming a mortgage uh, processor and a closer for real estate and also being a real estate paralegal and so forth. So I have a very extensive background um, and I will say that um, I'm happy to share my knowledge with y'all because again, I just, what is happening right now with college financial aid and student loan debt has got to stop. It, it just has to stop and something has to be done to fix what's going on. So I'm here to do my bit to educate folks um, so that everybody is on the same page. So without further ado, I will just talk about this week's hearing. Um, and as we know, this is all with regards to the um, president's uh, idea, if you will, and proposal to eliminate student loan debt. Now, there's been quite a bit of confusion created by all of this because when he made this announcement back in August, um, the system wasn't ready to handle the applications. So the system was basically thrown together once he made this knee-jerk announcement that folks can start applying, okay? And when folks were trying to apply, as soon as it went live, there were all kinds of glitches and errors going on. Uh, I saw this firsthand through the federal student aid uh, pages, Facebook page, primarily uh, parents and students were complaining that they tried to apply for the student loan debt relief and, and they got responses. Um, some of them did get approvals, then they shouldn't have gotten approvals. And I can just tell you that this was made public, that the approvals that were sent out to millions of people were sent out in error. And one of such uh, students and parent that received the approval actually didn't have student loan debt. They were a current student still in school, had taken the loans out from uh, one of the schools that I advise. And uh, basically when it came time for him to, the student to sign uh, what is called exit counseling, uh, because every loan that is accepted, applied for and accepted by either a student or a parent who is applying for a parent plus, are required to fill out entrance counseling, prom notes, which have not just one page to the prom note, but there's a total of 10 pages. The first page is the actual prom note. The remainder of the pages are the agreements that are covered under that promissory note that is linked to the loans that were awarded as requested and then dispersed on. And then lastly, upon graduation, exit counseling is to be completed. And this is to uh, confirm that you, as the student who applied for these loans, took the loans and disbursements, um, how you were required to repay these loans and how this is gonna work. 
and usually technically it's you go into repayment six months after the date of your graduation and then you go into repayment and it takes that six month period of time for the system to delegate a uh, loan servicer because not all loans are serviced by the United States Department of Education. They actually are farmed out to several servicers across the, hunt, the United States that have been uh, approved by the United States Department of Education to participate and do the servicing for them and the US taxpayers. And this is very important to point out. The money that is right now tied up in student loan debt that is not being paid back is from American taxpayers. So if you are a taxpayer and you are also a student loan debt holder that happen to be in the status of default or not paying in forbearance because you took advantage of the COVID relief. Uh, basically what is now happening is, is that you're double paying, right? Because you're required to pay the loan money, but you're also a taxpayer and you're not paying yourself back, right? But yet everybody's saying that uh, they should be forgiven under the HEROES Act, which the HEROES Act has nothing to do with COVID. It has nothing to do with COVID. It was never meant to have anything to do with COVID. It was all having to do with the fact that there were individuals that put their life on the line, their heroes, and maybe something horrible happened where they ended up not being able to go back home after serving their country. So their students, their children, were able to qualify under the HEROES Act. That's that's what that was covered under. And so that was like more for a time of war or, you know, 911 when that happened. And some of y'all maybe, you know, were too young to experience 911. But having said 911, but having said all that, the, it needs to be said that student loans are funded by taxpayer dollars over and over and over and over and over again. Because if, if, taxpayers and then the, the taxpayers that are paying their taxes and have paid them faithfully and even paid student loans off for their children do not deserve to have to pay other people's loans again. So it, it, it's this whole concept should, should have never gotten to the point where it's gotten to. Okay. So what I so that scenario I was giving you about the uh, student that was refusing to complete the exit counseling on behalf of my client, that is a requirement during a United States Department of Education audit. Every school that's in the Title IV program is required to go through an annual audit to confirm that the money that was received in the federally funded money by the United States taxpayer was awarded and dispersed according to the guidelines that are set forth in the Federal Student Aid Handbook. Okay. So this student said, okay, um, I got approved for the, for the student loan debt forgiveness, which was an error because again, he wasn't in the 
he didn't have student loan debt. He just went to school and applied for the loans that haven't even gone into repayment yet, right? And he said, okay, I'm not going to fill out this last piece of paperwork. So my client called me and said, can we have a chat? And, and how am I supposed to approach this? So basically, there was no choice. If the student is refusing to complete the exit counseling documentation because they think that the loans that they have currently received are covered under some approval that was generating generated in error then those loans that were accepted have to be refunded because the school's going to be out that money because they can't get that documentation in the file and the student is refusing to acknowledge that he is going to go into repayment and so the school is going to be out that money so rather than chase the student for the money the school will now have to refund that money back to the Department of Education and the student's going to have to figure out how they're going to now pay the school for the remainder of the time that he is in school. Um, set up a payment plan with them. That's usually an option with the schools that, that they can do their own payment plans if they so choose. Um, or go to a bank and, and figure it out. Get yourself a personal loan, but you need to have to you know, it's obvious that the services need to be paid uh, that were rendered. And um, as far as what I've seen with regards to students saying that they didn't know, there was an interesting article actually um, published um, on MSN. And uh, it was a, a student that actually was from the area that I live in. Um, that said that she was totally surprised at the amount of money that she owed after she went to school. That she had no idea and never questioned uh, the amount. And um, the article then went on to say how, you know, she was hoping that, you know, the student loan debt forgiveness, the Supreme Court would rule in favor, that, you know, President Biden could go ahead and, um, relieve and forgive all this debt under the HEROES Act and, and so forth. And um, I'm just here to tell you that after what I described to you with regards to what has to be completed, it has to be completed for every loan that is accepted. Entrance counseling and exit counseling. Th that has to be completed for every loan. And then the prom notes are completed and then the loans, it, it's good for 10 years and then the loans link. But there's a history that every student has. It's not like it's a secret. Uh, every financial aid advisor has access to uh, an area of the United States Department of Education. It's called Common Originations and, and Loans uh, and Disbursements. Common Originations and Disbursements uh, is basically everybody that is part of the Title IV program um, has authorization to go in there. You can look at the student's history. In fact, on a daily basis, when I am uh, providing services to the clients and researching before I award a file, we are to look at the student's history to make sure that there's nothing that is overlapping with the current loan period that we are going to be establishing if loans are being requested to be awarded. And if there is an overlapping, meaning an active loan academic year going on, we are required 
to flag that file and let the student know that this is what is happening and the, and the financial aid advisor is just supposed to be educated enough to explain that to the student. And one of the um, things I will share with you as well as being a compliance officer is how I'm amazed that school owners that act as financial aid advisors and compliance officers for their um, schools don't even know the rules don't even and and when you point out the overlapment um, to them or because we're supposed to be looking out for the student we're supposed to be the ones that are explaining what is happening with the student aid that's being awarded we're not supposed to be just telling them to come down to the office and sign off on these papers and the, and the checks that are being produced and then all of a sudden they're going and being divvied up no that's not how that's supposed to happen what is supposed to happen is is that you are a loan officer a financial aid advisor is an, a loan officer for the United States Department of Education you're dealing with federal funds and you need to treat the applications just as such it's federal loan application the other thing that's amazing to me and needs to change is is that for every loan that is applied for typically there's no denial unless it's a parent plus loan and then the parent plus loan there's a credit um, check that is done and uh, you know debt to income ratio is factored in so then if the parent gets denied then that's the reason behind that but for a student there is no income to credit ratio taken into play because you're automatically approved so you know of course a student's gonna sit there and go okay I've got an open-ended checkbook of $250,000 or more $250,000 or more there are houses out that are costing more than $250,000 now, and at least you're getting more than a piece of paper for your, for your money. You got a property that goes with it. So it just seems to me that it's a bit odd that the federal government has set up a way to not have any accountability. There's no ability to pay that has to be shown when a student applies for a student loan. But yet, they can balk at the paperwork that's being requested to confirm your, how you're able to survive. And how I'm, I'm, I'm approaching this is, is that I have reviewed, I can't tell you how many applications that students have zero income. Now, I understand the reason why is because we're dealing with 2022. 2023 FAFSA applications. Those applications are using 2020 income, and of course, COVID, you know, everybody was on lockdown. The majority of people were not able to be working. We get that. But don't tell me that you didn't receive any type of assistance. We were given assistance out. The United States government gave out a lot of assistance during this time frame. Stimulus checks, there was. You know, food banks were giving out money and SNAP benefits were being awarded. And so during that time frame, that's when 
the FAFSA is asking for the student's action through question 95 through 99 if you received any government assistance from 2020 to 2021. Everybody's saying, leaving it blank. Well, if you leave it blank and you don't answer those questions, do you realize that you're losing out on potential additional free money that the state and the government set up for folks that maybe just can't make ends meet? So if you don't answer the question, then there's a possibility you're missing out on an entitlement that you're trying to, you're going to end up covering with debt instead of just accepting the money that's there for you. There, um, yesterday, I reviewed uh, quite a few files from two different states that had deadlines of March 1st of 2023 to be able to receive grants and scholarships to apply for state grants and scholarships from states around the country and this was for completing the 2023-2024 FAFSA that became available on October 1st of 2022 and a financial aid advisor did not know that in the particular state that had the deadline they didn't know enough to tell their student that was applying to go to their school that if you would have gotten the 2023-2024 application completed you would have been able to uh, apply for state grants and scholarships that maybe you would have been able to go to school on. And scholarships and grants are free money. So there's millions of dollars out there available in free money, but people either don't know about it or they know about it, but they don't want to take the time to write the essay that is necessary um, when you are applying for these funds. So, a little bit about what is going on with the student loan debt relief is there is no debt relief going on right now. I'm just saying the payments is still on halt. May 11th has been the designated day when the COVID emergency is over. And once that COVID emergency is over, the loans are going back into repayment as of June 30th. So, unless some... And then... As far as the hearing, the hearing for the U.S. Supreme Court justices, they heard the case, they did the hearing, they heard the arguments, and now they're in the process of deliberation, and you'll hear something, they'll release something as far as the decision goes sometime in May um, or in June um, before they recess for their summer. So as far as, as, as that goes, you know, that's still in limbo. But from what I can see is, is there's a fresh start initiative and there was a bunch of students that are in loan default status. Those loan default statuses are not going away. They're going into forbearance and once the students complete the education for the new loans that they have taken out, they will be going into repayment. Not only for the new loans, but also for the defaulted loans that are now in forbearance that are part of the fresh start initiative. So, as far as the amount of money that that folks think that they're not going to have to pay, this uh, stay, if you will, on the payments since March 13th of 2020 until present day 
has basically all it's been is it's just to shift the shift the debt and, and that's all it is the interest you know they said the interest wasn't accruing on there okay you can you can say that all you want but um somewhere somehow interest is accruing it just won't be passed on specifically to the debt holder and just a little fyi for those of you that were in the process of paying and then took advantage of this stay and never even paid on your principal even though it wasn't accruing any interest um you kind of hurt yourself there because you could have gotten your principal down now uh, quite considerably even if you would have paid a hundred dollars a month for the past two years that would have been twenty four hundred dollars off of the principal so you know again every little bit would have helped but you know having said that you took advantage of it so now it's just prolonging it um when it does go back into repayment i will say though that there are um quite a few um servicers out there that right now they are not interested in working with the department uh the united the government they're not interested in um having a contractual relationship with them and i know for a fact that the state of new hampshire and also the commonwealth of pennsylvania are two of them that said they're not going to do business with the united states government when it comes to being servicers for their loans um so i do know that in the background um as far as the repayment um system being set up and uh folks being delegated uh new servicers there is a hold up there uh, with regards to that because the government's having a hard time finding servicers willing to work with them. So uh, that is just a little bit of information that's been going on in the past few months since we last spoke. Um, I will say that also um, when it comes to filling out your 2023-2024 uh, FAFSA applications, um, the award year will open on July 1st and it will run until June 30th of 2024. Um, for those of you that have completed your application, I highly recommend you re-review it to make sure that there is accurate information because once May 11th um, rolls around, beginning May 12th, the COVID emergency again, May 11th, it was announced the COVID emergency is over so that going forward we will be as financial aid advisors and compliance officers we will be auditing files um, and scrutinizing them and looking for even more um, conflicting information um, tax fraud is rampant on the files that I have been reviewing in the past uh, several months and so uh, we're obligated that if we see any conflicting information that we resolve it um, before we go forward and process any award for federal funds on student files and um, the other the, the other thing I want to just point out real quick is uh, and we'll go over in next week's um, podcast um, the common errors that are made on FAFSA completion which include marital status uh, marital status is always as of the date of application with the exception of parent so um, with having said that, I just want to thank you again for joining me today. Um, it's great to be back and uh, I hope everybody enjoys your weekend and we'll be chatting soon.
take care bye